What up, fellow Hoopers, basketball enthusiasts, and coaches out there? Welcome to episode seven of the High Performance Hoops podcast brought to you by Challenge Strength. I'm your host, as always, Julian Lacosto. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. If you've been here before and you like what you're hearing, throw a rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't. We love having you here. Guys, I want to talk to you guys today about a topic that I really think is really good for a lot of you new coaches in the field that are listening to this podcast, and that is the biggest mistakes that I made as a new coach. You know, I often say this to a lot of people, you know, the experiences that I've had over the past four to five years now of coaching is probably the biggest reasons why I've continued to grow in the field and learn, you know, you know, making mistakes is simply a means of learning faster. So I personally believe that. And I think that that's why this is such a great episode for a lot of young coaches that might be listening to this that want to learn and want to get to these places faster in their career. Uh, I often think that mistakes are the biggest things that we can learn from. So that's why I really wanted to take the time to hop on this quick little pod and just talk to you guys about some of the biggest mistakes that I made early on. And just hopefully you could take something out of this. If you do, guys, please share this episode with as many young coaches that you know as possible. I really think you guys can get a lot out of this. In saying that, number one, the biggest mistake that I made early on, especially when I started programming, was thinking that I needed to program every little thing in fear of missing out of something in my training. You know, as a young coach, we often have fear of like missing out on things in training. And I'm just trying to tell you guys right off the bat, don't fall down this rabbit hole of thinking you need to program every little thing. At the end of the day, guys, you need to just realize that you need to honestly just train the big rocks or whatever your primary goals are and move forward. Uh, I spoke about this in the programming portion of the Programming 101 episode. If you haven't listened to that, go back. I did refer back to the fact that at Challenger, we, you know, we, we do a lot of things through Google Sheets and one of the big things that we use is these is a scheduling sheet. And that allows us to kind of put down the primary goals, secondary goals, and just basically gives us an idea of how we should plot out the training cycle for a lot of our athletes. So the way that works is, you know, we have, you know, a primary goal section where we're basically plotting out the goals of the next four to six weeks in the cycle whether that be with beginners as like an introductory phase, whether that be, you know, building off the intro with an athlete that's been there for a couple of months and we're trying to build off those introductory phases, um, whatever the case may be, we're writing those primary goals down, whether that's to build strength and quality movement, um, getting faster, getting, you know, more explosive, whatever the case may be, those goals are written out right in front of us. So that way we have an idea. And then from there, we're plotting out the primary movements, um, which are those big rock movements, whether that be your bench pressing, your 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 uh, your barbell uh, squatting, uh, trap bar deadlift, whatever the whatever your big movements are for uppers and lower body, that's the primary movements. We have those plotted out, um, kind of expressing our main focuses there. Our supplementary movements or those movement patterns that are you know similar movement patterns to our primary movements that are supplementing them to help us improve those. 
um, those those movements, and then obviously we're plotting out our accessory movements. Uh, basically, you know, training the supporting muscle groups to help with the main movements, and then our speed and plyometric work, and even our aerobic conditioning stuff. You know, I like having something like this. Obviously, you know, I've learned this over the course of being at Challenger for the last several years. You know, but I really do enjoy this, and I think a lot of young coaches should have something like this in place, so that way they understand, you know, what are your big rocks, what are the primary goals that you're training, so that way you can better plot out what you're going to do in your training sessions. You don't have to then, you know, try to go off the cuff and try to say, well, you know, we need this, or we might need some of this, we might need some of that, you know. We won't have these moments where we think we need to program every little thing just so that we're not missing anything. If you have something like this in place where you have a schedule, you have something you could plot something out in advance, so that way you can put together a program that meets the needs of the individual without having to overload them in one given session. I remember, you know, I went back for one of the first athletes I ever programmed for, I put so much volume into their program because I really didn't want them to miss anything. You always end up with athletes that are chronically overtrained and you just end up adding way, way too much stress to their plates, especially when you have younger athletes that, you know, they have a busy schedule as it is. You know, they have school, they have, you know, multiple practices a week. They might be playing travel sports at the same time. You know, we have to minimize the stress on these athletes. So one of the big things that you need to focus on is not trying to, you know, place too much volume and too much intensity into their programs, especially during busy times of the year when they don't need that happening. So again, train the big rocks, you know, have a schedule in place so that way you can better plot out those things. And this just gives you an idea of like, you know, what are the big rocks? If, the, if you understand what those are, then you could better plot out training cycles and you have an idea of what you can keep in a program and what is like kind of like the fluff and you can cut the fluff out. So that's like the number one thing that I I mistakenly went apart when I when I was going as a new coach. So, you know, don't think that you have to program every single little thing. You're just going to end up with overly stressed and overtrained athletes you know, and they're going to hate coming in because they know that they're going to get their ass kicked every time they come and do one of your workouts. So, you know, train the big things, train the main things, and then move on. Don't don't be, you know, in a weight room for, you know, two, three hours because you put, you know, 15, 16 exercises in a program. Put the main things, put supplementary, put a couple of accessory lifts in, and that's it. You don't have to do, you know, 15, 16 exercises you know, pick the main things, pick a couple of supporting movements, and then get in, get out, get the stimulus and adaptation that you want, and then get out. Number two, word vomiting, you know, to both athletes and parents trying to sound smart. You know, I, <laughs> I think um, this, for me personally, this stemmed from, you know, you know, anxiety and the stress of, you know, being a young coach and wanting to be respected right off the bat. So you think that the only way you could do that is trying to sound super smart. I personally was a huge victim of this. You know, I would try to write very elaborate captions, um, 
I would try to sound like use big words to sound really, really smart in conversation, whether it be with a parent trying to explain a program or even with the athletes trying to explain what we were doing in the session. Just at the end of the day, athletes and most of all parents, they don't know a lot of the science behind training. So and most of the time they don't really care as long as it gets them better. So if you can try to dumb down the verbiage and the words that you're using and try to make it sound a little bit easier to understand and make it more digestible, chances are people are going to gravitate more towards that and they're going to really appreciate you as a coach when you do that. You know, if you're with an athlete and you try to talk about the intricacies of, you know, energy systems and, you know, all that, they're they're not going to they're not going to care one and two, they they're just going to look at you like you have five heads. So, it, the best thing that you can do as a young coach is try to make whatever it is that you're trying to explain as simple as it, as you can. Try almost think about like you're going to like you're going to try and explain what you're trying to get across like you're explaining it to a kindergartner. If you can do that, chances are you're going to one the information is going to be a little bit more easier to digest as an athlete and a parent. And two, you're going to be well respected for doing those things because athletes want to one understand what they're doing, but two know that it's going to help them and just they want to have a better idea of what it is by not making it sound super complicated. Like you don't have to go and start talking about mitochondria or, you know, the the intricacies of, you know, what goes on in the muscles during the process of a contraction. You don't need to know those things. Just try to make it as easily digestible as possible without making the athlete or the parent seem like they're stupid. You know, make it easy to understand, make it make it very informative, but make it in a way that they understand what you're saying. That's two. Number three, and this more so, I feel like it's more so with younger coaches, but don't let your anxiety get the better of you when it comes to starting your first couple of programs. Just get started. And I'm like a big proponent of this because me personally, I deal with a lot of anxiety and a lot of the mental mental sides of coaching. I deal with a lot of it. So I'm probably the best person you can talk to when it comes to a lot of this because at first, when it's your first time putting pen to paper and actually having to program for an athlete, it could be pretty stressful, especially when you feel like you have to prove yourself as a young coach. Um, so the one thing that I'm going to tell you is just get started, you know, don't worry about being perfect because oftentimes, like I said, with the first one, or even just my intro to this whole experience on this podcast right now, just, you know, experience is the best teacher. So just getting started and just dipping your feet in the water and just like really getting your hands in the trenches That's going to be what's going to help you get started and really just learn over time. A lot of this is trial and error. So if you let anxiety and the whole aspect of being perfect, uh, like stop you from writing your first program, oftentimes you'll never get started. 
you know, it'll just be a pipe dream. You'll never really get started and you'll just be the kind of coach that like I was in the beginning where I would just often look at my influences and kind of do things based on them and what they were doing in training. You know, you'll just never get started. You'll never continue to learn anything in the field and you'll just be stuck in this rut. So just get started. That's probably one of the biggest things that I'm going to leave off with that is just get started, dip your feet in the water and actually get in the trenches of working with athletes and, you know, playing with trial and error. That's the best way you can learn as a coach when it comes to programming. So just get get into it. Number four, write your programs in pencil, not pen. There's a reason why, you know, pencils come with an eraser. So, you know, a lot of times when it comes to programming for athletes, you can't, and this kind of goes hand in hand with like the whole aspect of programming every little thing in advance when it comes to your training. It's oftentimes you have to understand that there are so many variable variables when it comes to training athletes that you don't understand right off the bat. And you can't map out an entire month or two's worth of programming for an athlete down to the very little exercise. You know, I did that early on. And the first day that a kid comes in and you have something programmed on there and they can't do it, or you have to, you know, regress or you have to change the course of your program, your entire program just went in the trash. You know, so you have to be aware of these little things. Also, you know, little factors like that could take into effect, like energy levels. You know, young athletes, they have very busy schedules. You know, I alluded to that before. They have very busy schedules that causes a ton of stress on the body as it is. So, you know, you add in school, you add in lack of sleep, lack of preparation. Kids kids will probably come in for a 5 o'clock lift and they haven't eaten anything since 11 o'clock. You have to be prepared for that. Oftentimes, kids are not going to have the energy to, you know, work out and do the high-intensity lift that you have on there. You might have to pivot and do something completely different. So when it comes down to it, Always write your pencils, your programs in pencil, excuse me, not in pen. If you have something that's written down and you feel like that's concrete, you can't, you know, move from that. Oftentimes you're going to be stuck in this place where you have to then scrap whatever you wrote because there are little things in place that you have zero control over that you just have to be able to pivot and adjust from, you know, whether that again, kid a kid that you had the you might have a heavy heavy three rep at 90 percent scheduled for a heavy trap bar deadlift one day and the kid comes in he's completely gassed and he can't even get his warm-up weights off the ground what are you gonna do well now all of a sudden that program that you had in place for the day needs to get scrapped you need to you need to pivot you need to be able to do something else you know Always be prepared for the inevitable when it comes to training athletes because things like that happen all the time. You just have to be able to understand that, you know, whatever you have on paper that day may not be the thing that you have to do that day. You might have to pivot and do something completely different. Might have to be a recovery or a mobility type day, you know. You might have to do more sub-maximal work 
and just kind of deal do what do whatever the athlete is capable of doing that given day you might have to pivot for those things but understand that that's what comes with the territory of coaching athletes you know what you have on paper may not be what we're doing that day so always understand write your programs in pencil not in pen always be able to adjust on the fly and lastly and I feel like this stems back to the whole thought of having anxiety as a young coach and all that. Just, you know, don't compare your page one to another coach's chapter 20. I feel like this was the biggest thing that I had to deal with going, obviously, under the wings of a great coach in the industry. You know, I'm going to give Jerry his flowers. Jerry is probably one of the best young coaches in the industry right now. So, you know, the biggest thing early on was not trying to compare my, you know, my startup to where he was, you know, at the, when I first started, Jerry was already like two, almost three years into this, into coaching and doing his thing. So, you know, as a young athlete, if you are a young coach, if you come into the equation where you're working under a coach that's been doing this for years, you know, it could be pretty, you know, intimidating and almost like you have to compare yourself to where they started or where they are now to where you are currently. I'm going to say this. The minute you start comparing your journey to another coach's journey, especially with without having any context behind it, that's when you're going to lose. You know, this is a long game. Coaching is a long game, you know. This is a, a coaching is a is not just a you know overnight thing. You don't just become a good coach overnight. It's years and years of doing the work, being in the trenches, a lot of trial and error, a lot of learning that goes along like every single day with working with the clientele and the athletes that you're working with. A lot of that comes with time. So if you're just sitting there and you're comparing yourself to you know Joe Schmo that you've been working with for a while, you know, you're never gonna, you know, you're never gonna pan out because all you're gonna do in the back of your mind is you're gonna be saying to yourself, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so. Understand that whoever you're comparing yourself to, whatever big shot, big name person you're comparing yourself or you want to be like, that person took years to get to that point. Years and plenty of learning. So the minute you get that into your head, the better off you're going to be. So, nice, short, and sweet pod again, guys. I really do like these short little segments. I really do think, you know, one, it's a little easier for the drive to work or commute back home, whatever the case may be, wherever you may be listening to this or how you may be listening to this. I feel like these nice, short, sweet episodes are great just because you take whatever little nugget out of it that you got and you don't have to feel bogged down by it at all with like loads and loads of information. I feel like this is just a nice little easy, um, short, tangible pieces of information that you can get as a young coach, especially if you're listening to this. A lot of this was big mistakes that I made early on that I feel like you guys can learn from very quickly and just kind of take it and, and run with it and go into your daily coaching lives with. Um, guys, going forward, I will be starting to 
interview a couple of guests. I will be sprinkling some of these little short form content into it, but I will be getting some guests on the show. Um, I've got some, you know, interviews lined up. In the meantime, guys, I really hope you're enjoying what you're hearing. Uh, please let me know what you guys want to hear about, whether it be a certain guest, uh, whether it be, you know, stuff that you want me to touch on, whatever the case may be, I want to hear what you guys want to hear. Um, whether that be DMing me through social media, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, TikTok's been growing, and um, and Twitter. So please message me. Uh, Lo- uh, Julian Locasto, I'm pretty sure, is the handle on all of those, at Julian Locasto. So if you guys aren't following me, uh, please do so. I post content pretty much daily, except for, I think, weekends. Weekends I kind of use as a little break from social but, um, yeah, guys, if you want to hear anything, please let me know. Um, I appreciate you guys listening in. If you took anything away from this, please share it with somebody that you may know that might enjoy it as well. In the meantime, guys, I'll see you guys next time. Peace.